I'm Autumn. And I'm Bethany. And we are A to B Podcast, working on getting from point A to point B through simplicity, organization, and some fun. You kind of sung that, organization. That's because I'm so excited today. I know. Some of you may have noticed that our episode is a little longer today. That's because we have a special interview and there was so much to share. We had originally planned for, oh, you know, you, you record, but then you edit things down and it's about 20 minutes, whatever. No, we didn't want to take out hardly anything. We just loved our interview so much. This is also kind of a moment for A to B podcast. This is our very first interview. Yes. When we first were planning the podcast, we had always talked about interviews, but here we are, episode 24, our very first one. So we're excited. Yes. Today, we are talking with Laura Whitman, who runs the blog, I'm an Organizing Junkie, and she has been a mainstay out there with organizing blogs. So we're so excited to get her insight and her fabulous tips. She's one of the organizing blog pioneers. Yes. I have been referring to her website for a long time. We're so excited, so we're just going to dive right in. We want to welcome Laura Whitman to A to B Podcast. Hi, Laura. Welcome. Hi, everyone. My name is Laura. I blog at I'm an Organizing Junkie at orgjunkie.com. I've been blogging for 11 years there, all about organizing, and I live in um, Alberta, Canada. This is so fun because I feel like I've known you forever just because I've been following your blog for so long. I think it was probably 2010 I first found you because I had a three-year-old and a two-year-old and I found you oh, with wow. your meal planning and I'm like, oh yes. my goodness, how do I get dinner on the table? <laughs> so I'm just so curious how you got started with your website, I'm an Organizing Junkie. So long ago, I saw it was your 11th anniversary now. It was so long ago and, and yeah, so 11 years in May and wow. quite honestly, I would never have guessed that. 11 years later, I'd still be talking about organizing and still have things to say about organizing. But that is the beauty of it. It's, I don't think any of us live in a bubble. So and I certainly don't. So and I have children. And so there's constantly things to organize. I'm constantly changing things in my house. And so that's what I'm, I'm sharing on the blog, essentially, is just what I'm doing around my house. I have last couple of years brought in some contributors because as my children get older, I'm not able to blog about organizing toys as much and that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. I, purp I purposely was very mindful about bringing in contributors that had younger children that could maybe do a little bit more of that I've sort of aged out of but now you know now my children are um, 12 17 and 20 wow so yeah and and one is at university and one is just leaving this year in a couple of weeks um, <laughs> <laughs> and so it, you know it, there's still organizing going on but as your children get older and the needs change a little bit so it does give me lots to talk about on the blog that's for sure <laughs> I'd love to hear the story of, because you were kind of ahead of the curve in terms of blogging, how did you even think to start a blog or decide it was going to be about organizing? That's a great question. Um, I was off on maternity leave with my youngest son, who um, turns 12 this year. What I was passionate about at that point was organizing. But I was also on my own journey at that point of coming off of working full time. I had my company that I had worked for had shut down and I just was having this journey of simplifying my life. And I wanted to share that. And I just started really casually blogging just once in a while. And people 
continued to come by the blog and were interested in what I was reading and or writing, I mean, and then it just inspired me to keep going. And mm-hmm. and still to this day, the readers are what inspire me to keep going. Um, I have a folder in my Gmail there that's called So Sweet. And it's just where I drop emails from readers that Aww. write to me to tell me that they've been able to organize a space or a room or something um, using my process steps or just the encouragement from my website. And and that is really what keeps me going because I just want everybody to reap those rewards of organization that I have been able to with my family. So as long as I'm able, I'll probably keep going because there's new readers. Yeah. It's been a really great experience. I'm, I'm very grateful to have had the experience of writing my blog for the last 11 years and being, you know, working from home and being home with my youngest son on a full-time basis is something I'm very grateful for as well. I love what you said that it's never quite done. Things are constantly evolving and changing Mm -hmm. in your home, not only because your kiddos are growing up, but also your tastes may change, your needs will change. I'm curious if that is ever frustrating because I feel like I have forever had on my list organized paper. You know, one thing that I really love on your site, you have your process, your acronym process. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could talk a little bit about how you came up with that process, the acronym, and then also kind of how that fits with, I don't know, the need to be at peace that you're never really done organizing. Right. And it's true. Um, it's not once and done, like I said. And so I came up with the the process idea as just a way to help myself as I was organizing a project, because uh, just like everyone else, I too can get overwhelmed with a space and how much there is to organize at any given time often like if anybody that has young children or children at all it just knows that there's constantly there's paper coming in from school there's all the toys that just seem to breed in the night (laughs) and it does make it easier if you have a step-by-step process to follow because I think if you get it out of overwhelming because not what often people do is they naturally think, okay, so I need to get organized. So I must run out and buy every bin in the store and bring it home. And if I just put all my stuff in the bin, it's just going to be perfectly organized from that point on. And then months down the line, you know, that's where it can get frustrating because it's not staying organized every second. And, And that comes because there wasn't the pieces before that, like the purging process, which people just really hope to avoid altogether. If I <laughs> if I can just put it, if I just put it into bins, I won't have to get rid of anything. But essentially, then you're just organizing clutter, stuff that you don't use is mixed in with stuff that you do use. And you can't then find what you need. And it is overwhelming. So if you do the pieces of the process before the container process, which face it is fun and everybody, well, maybe not. I certainly love going out and buying (laughs) the, the containers, but you definitely need to go through the planning and the purging process beforehand. And then even when you do that, it still doesn't mean once and done. Because like you said, needs change, tastes change, and things are still coming in. But what should happen is that you've got a system in place that helps you manage those incoming things so that it will decrease your feelings of overwhelm while you're trying to manage it. It doesn't mean you won't ever have to manage it again, but it will help you manage it on a daily basis, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I love what you're (laughs) saying about really getting that system into place, because I will tell you, I have been guilty of 
oh, I'll just pop by the container store and get inspired. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> a whole lot of money later, take the containers home and they end up sitting there because I, I felt like that was a tangible step I could do. And I felt like that would move right. me further towards getting organized. Right. But like you said, really, you're just organizing clutter. And so even though that purging part is really difficult. I think you do such a beautiful job uh, on your website, not only talking about uh, purging sessions, but these ongoing systems you set up to help you get clutter out of your home. Um, Oh, what do you call it by the door? I'm out of here shelf. Yes. Yes. The I'm out of here shelf. I love it. And I was telling Autumn, I get stuck on this. Like, I know I want this gone, but I don't know what to do with it. So I'm just going to leave it right here, you know, and this, I love it. It's like, you know, we kind of talk about it as a way station that it is at least one step closer. (laughs) Well, and that's part of the problem. And it perpetually just creates more piles, essentially. Yes. So, if you can set up systems to avoid the files, I think the first thing anybody should do is have a donation station because even just this morning, I was trying on some clothes for what I was going to wear today. And I, I put on a shirt and I was like, I'm not loving this anymore. If I didn't have a donation station that would end up on my floor, you know, I'm not going to go drop off something at the thrift store with one item. (laughs) So it would probably end up on my floor and then get mixed in with other clothes. And then before you know it, I've forgotten which is the one that I didn't like anymore. And then it gets back in the laundry. It just doesn't ever solve itself, really. So if I can just walk two steps to my linen closet, which is where I have my donation station, I can throw it in there and then be done with it rather than it creating another pile on my floor or that I'm tripping over or what have you. Just put it right into your donation station. Because I started this years ago when my kids were little, I've noticed over the years that now they just go to the donation station and put stuff in there themselves. So I'm now seeing the results of putting all these practices with the process steps and all of that, I'm now seeing the rewards of that with my children and that they're following the process or they're, you know, putting things in the donation station. It's pretty sweet to to see that happen. And ultimately, I have final say, of course, because I'm the one that takes it to the thrift store. So if I ultimately didn't agree with something they were getting rid of, then, you know, I could deal with it at that point but you know I never question it because I want them to learn to make those decisions about what they want to keep and what they don't want to keep eventually they'll move out and have to do it themselves it's really great if kids learn this at at a younger age when maybe the items don't mean as much or have as a significant value in terms of not just monetary value but that sentimental value because as Mm -hmm. you get older it gets harder of course right because you've had it longer or what have you so if that's a skill they can learn younger oh it's just it makes it so much easier (laughs) i'm looking forward to that stage when they can walk stuff to the donation box and just like go put it in that sounds great yeah Do you consider yourself a naturally organized person? I mean, even before you started the blog, or is it something that you've kind of worked on throughout the years? Oh, I've definitely worked on it. I'm not a naturally organized person, and I'm not even sure I believe in that, actually. I think some people, like I love to do it, but I think it's as a result of seeing the benefits in my life that just make it so rewarding for me. Um, My mom would definitely say I wasn't an organized child. (laughs) (laughs) Then as I started setting up systems with my young family, and realized 
oh my goodness, this frees up so much time in my life. I save money by being able to find what I need at my time. I can spend that time safe on my family, on doing things I love. I'm less overwhelmed. There's less chaos in my life. Then I started to crave that. And I'm like, okay, what can I do to get more of that? Because then I wanted to tackle every area of my house and (laughs) continue to experience the benefits, which are so many. There's so many things in our life we can't control, basically, sickness and weather, whatnot. One of the things we do have control over is the amount of stuff coming in and leaving our house. That's a really great place to start. And living without unnecessary chaos is huge, especially when there's chaos in our life that we can't control. Clutter is something we can control. So as those benefits were seen and felt by myself and my family members, it was just something that I wanted. And as I learned those techniques, because I do think it's a skill like any other, and I think anybody can learn it for sure. Like, I don't think I have any magical gene. That's what I encourage people on my blog. Start small. Mm-hmm. Yes. Experience the benefits. Feel the rewards of what that means. And you will want to continue. I just, I can guarantee it. You will want to continue because it's the rewards are so plentiful. I think that's one of the things that attracted me to your blog in the first place was just that attitude of you can do it, start small, it doesn't have to be perfect. And I love that it comes across on your blog. You have so many different roles. You added another role when you decided to write your first book. So what what was that moment like when you decided, you know what, I'm going to write a book? Which is so, which is great too. It's like that same way of those like, you know what, today I can look at this step. Well, I wrote my book, Clutter Rehab, seven years ago, and notice I haven't done it again. (laughs) It was quite an experience for me. I had the publisher approach me and ask me if this is something I would do. And naively, I agreed to it. And the time frame for writing it was very short. But I thought, okay, I'll challenge myself to do it. And I did do it. But I felt like it was a little out of my comfort zone to do. But I was happy I did it. But I haven't done it again, but I would like to maybe one day. Well, Bethany and I love how it's laid out. It's 101 tips and tricks to become an organization junkie. So they're just little snippets of tips that are nice and small. It's not overwhelming as you read it. And I think that's one thing that's really helpful, things that you can implement right away. And another thing you talk about getting organized is something that you can control. And I know that for me, I do struggle with organization, which is part of the fun of this podcast because I'm really that comfort zone. Oh, I am stretching myself out of the comfort zone. (laughs) But, you know, so often when somebody says that they're disorganized, I find that the number one thing they're saying is that they don't feel in control of their home or their space or their time. And so they're feeling out of control. So ironically, getting organized is the thing that you can control, right? And both in your book and in the blog, like you said, those steps and just that process of just one step at a time, because I know we have talked on the podcast, I moved and I had the majority of my belongings in a garage for two years because I was in grad school. And then Mm -hmm. I, you know, even Autumn, she came over to help me and we kind of stood in the middle spinning around like, where do you (laughs) even start? Where do you even start? So if you were talking to somebody who is in that position, and I know that on your site, it even says start here. (laughs) (laughs) But if they got a chance to talk to you, what would you say? What would you say in terms of that? 
I feel out of control and I know I want to get to that point. I want to experience what, what you're talking about, that sense mm-hmm. of, you know, n- knowing where my things are, being able to spend more time the way that I want to spend time, not constantly searching for that, the keys right. or whatever. What would right. you say? Well, I completely understand that life gets a little busy sometimes or and crazy and often it's our home that takes the ramifications of that because we just drop things wherever and and then those piles start to build up and and, and it's hard when, if especially if you're working full time or you know if there's sickness or just kids in general it's really hard i totally get that but my philosophy regarding organization has always been to not have a space look pretty function is always more important to me than how it, something looks and It might get to that point of looking pretty at some point, but really I don't care because first and foremost, I want it to be functional for my family. I want to fix, solve, or tweak an annoying problem so I can live life with less stress and chaos. So that's really where I would recommend anybody start. Finding what annoys you the most and start there. For instance, I've said this on the blog many times. If you walk into your kitchen and you open a cupboard door and something falls on you every time and that feeling of just, oh, why? <laughs> like, why does this, you know, and you're just annoyed every single time, start there. Hmm. Start there. If you have a system where you are having to walk to the other side of your house every time you need something and it annoys you every time, fix it. It may only take a short amount of time. Obviously, some will be bigger, but even the bigger ones, you can break down into smaller chunks. So by moving whatever it is that you're looking for on the one side of the house, moving it closer to where you actually use it, you will not believe Often we're so busy, we aren't even paying attention to what annoys us. So that's where I would say suggest starting is just paying attention to where your frustration lies. Is it because your kids' school notices aren't getting returned back to school when they're on time or when they're supposed to? Is it you want your kids to make their own lunches, but they can't because the refrigerator is too disorganized and they can't find what they need whatever it is if you're paying attention to just that feeling of dread that we have then how can I fix solve or tweak this problem this annoying problem to allow for less clutter and chaos in my life start there and it doesn't have to be complicated I think sometimes we are also hindered by the fact that the solution has to be some complicated thing or beautiful layout or design it certainly doesn't and it doesn't matter how anybody else does something in their house for instance you know so many organizing blogs out there will tell you your counter should be clear there should be nothing on your counter and well yes that's good in theory if it annoys you every time you have to get the toaster out from a cupboard (laughs) underneath to put it on your counter you know what if it annoys you who cares leave it on your counter you know, it, it shouldn't matter to anybody else but yourself. If it annoys you when you walk in and see the toaster on the counter, then by all means, put it underneath. You, It's just knowing what frustrates you and annoys you and fixing that. Absolutely. And it so resonates because... I love looking at pictures of organized spaces on Pinterest or on Instagram, but it is really freeing to give yourself permission to not have your space look like that. At least, like you said, not initially. No, and I don't think most people do live 
in spaces like that. I mean, they're right. <laughs> it's great for pictures and whatnot, but quite honestly, it has to work for your family. And that's why there is no right or wrong way for organizing. That can be very overwhelming to people to think that they're doing it wrong. There is no wrong. It's however your house functions. So you are least annoyed. And that right there is my philosophy. How can I run my home? So I am least annoyed. <laughs> then that's what you do. I love it. That's what you do. Um, I remember one time, my girlfriend wanted her kids to be able to set the table, but she got annoyed because every time um, they needed to get the dishes out of the top cupboards, she was always annoyed with them climbing on the counter. And I said, well, why don't you move the dishes down? She's like, can I do that? And I said, well, it's your kitchen. Of course you can do that. <laughs> she says, oh, but that seems weird to me. And I said, yeah. it's not weird if it works for you. Mm-hmm. So I think that a lot of people have that misconception that things have to be done a certain way. And they don't. It doesn't. You know, so get rid of that misconception and just do what works for your family. Even if it seems a little bizarre or what have you, who cares? It's so funny, though, the way you say it, it makes so much sense. But it's true. Sometimes we get stuck in this way that it it has to look a certain way. It really felt revolutionary when I got a, a third pair of scissors. When I was like, I have my craft scissors, I have these, right. I could have another pair of scissors that is just in this room that I, so I don't have to go hunting yes. for, you know, these little things that right. like a little mosquito that you can just swat away. It's that little thing that it may not, from the outside, it may not seem like a big deal, but it can save you this little moment of frustration. And time, because now you're not walking to another room to get those scissors you have them right where you need them but you also need scissors in the kitchen so yeah have more than one that's a that's a perfect example perfect (laughs) less chaos and less annoying problems are the name of the game (laughs) do you have people who your friends and family who are like can you come over and help me organize Oh, for sure. And I love organizing kitchens because they're so they're such a functional space. And and I love setting up stations, right? So kitchens are ideal for that because you can have a baking station and a beverage station and a breakfast station and, and all these stations. So it just makes my heart happy to do that. And so yeah, I've done that for uh, many friends over the years as well. So if you break your space down into into these stations, get all your like items together so all your baking items together find a spot for those and maybe that's all you do that day you don't have to tackle the whole space at once because yes that would be overwhelming and we don't all have those huge chunks of time but in 15 minutes you can get so much done in 15 minutes it's incredible and I think that's why I love kitchens so much is because it can be broken down into stations but so can any other space in your home Um, offices for sure kids rooms can have you know stations where they're maybe do a homework station or a toy area just retraining your mind to think of it that way and that it doesn't have to be all done in one chunk is also helpful because you know you only have so much time to do it so yeah I love that just a little bit at a time is there a an area or a space in your home that you find is a little more difficult for you to stay on top of that you find that you you can see the those like little annoyances pop up more frequently Mm -hmm. I know for me it's paper if I don't like actively maintain this system, it's going to so quickly spiral out of control. And so I have to be more diligent about that. Is there an area that you find that you're like, whoop, that's the spot. I got to watch that spot. (laughs) Well, for sure. That's my office, which I'm in right now. It's a very tiny space and it's sort of the catch-all space. Um, I think 
we all have these catch-all spaces in our homes that, you know, if companies should drop by, you can quickly close the door and nobody's the wiser. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, that even happens with me. And for my office, this cabinet behind me is, um, you know, where gifts go that need to be like my gift station or my, where I store wrap and party supplies and all that. So it's constantly evolving and something that I have to keep on top of. And then in the rest of my office, yeah, paper for sure. Paper is such a problem for so many people, including myself, because it just is always around. You're never going to get rid of it because I just, <laughs> yes. I don't think it's entirely possible to go hundred percent paper free, although I have heard of people doing it, but yeah, that for sure. For instance, I'm not a lover of the paper organization. I file once a year. Once a year, that's it. And uh, Yeah, I love your little tip of having yeah. the file box on top. I do the same thing. I have a two file and I throw everything in there because I hate yeah. filing too. So I only do it. Mine is like once every three months. So once a year is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And it's so I don't really keep that much then. Obviously. Yeah. I have my limiting container, as I call it. And so yeah. if it did get past that, I would file it. But that's just another example of do what works for you. I don't like filing. It annoys me. So I created a system that allows me to file once a year and that works for me you know for sure that's odd to other people who if they saw a whole year's worth of paper would be completely overwhelmed with filing it so if that's the case then you need a system that caters to how you work right and so this is what works for me would I recommend it for everybody of course not like it just depends um how you work and so that's also, what I'm always constantly trying to reiterate on the blog is that, yes, I show examples of what I'm doing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to work for you. But it just all comes down to solving life's annoying little problems. <laughs> and, and that will be different for everyone. What annoys me is not going to annoy you, maybe. So we would love to hear what your typical morning looks like. <laughs> and I will tell you what works for me in terms of keeping my house running with a level of sanity is that I'm very routine oriented. I have like my set morning routine. I have my set evening routine and it, it, it does, it works for me. So in the mornings when I get up, um, I am not a morning person <laughs> at all. And so I like to move slowly. And um, so I give myself time. I structure my morning in such a way. So I give myself time to, to move slowly. So that means waking up a little earlier and maybe lying in bed for half an hour, you know, checking my emails or whatnot. And then I get up and I have my breakfast. And then there's all these little things I do after that, that includes making sure my son's backpack is packed for school, if school's on and always, always before I even start my workday. So once my son gets off to school, I take 10 minutes and tidy my kitchen. Otherwise, that would annoy me for the rest of the day. So um, <laughs> it always comes back to that. So I make sure that's done. It, because I do it every day, it doesn't get too backed up. So I, I take 10 minutes and I clean my kitchen and and do maybe a 10 minute pickup in the rest of the house. And then that way I'm ready. Should anybody drop by or what have you throughout the day, I don't have to stress that, oh, my house is going to be a mess or whatever. I've usually I make sure my living room and my kitchen are picked up 
and counters wipe down dishes done and then I jump into my work day so it's pretty routine it's like groundhog day it's the exact same thing every day (laughs) (laughs) but it it does help me keep on track and be less annoyed throughout the day the way I have it set up which is always my ultimate goal (laughs) yeah and you know you you have mentioned that a, a couple times and I love that of that you know I remember reading a post on your blog about clutter blindness and these things that you can you get so accustomed to seeing a space a certain way. Um, and we'll link to that in our show notes. That was one of my favorite recent posts. Well, I guess it was a couple months now. But yeah, the other thing, I think you can become kind of blind to those little things that are annoying you because you get so used to it. And you get so used right. to like the scissors thing. Oh, yeah, I got to go get the scissors, whatever. And it may seem like, oh, that little pesky problem. Like it's just a little thing. But I love the way that you're talking. Like, I feel so inspired. I'm like, what other little annoying things could I tackle, you know? And it's worth it to pay attention to what is annoying you or what is kind of irking you that, that you, like you said, you have the power to, to fix or change. Right. And another example of that is our bedrooms. Um, lots of times our bedrooms become the dumping ground for people. And it's not always conducive to a great night's sleep. And I, I've noticed over the years that for my daughter, that was particularly a problem. Uh, my son can live in a cluttered space and it doesn't affect his sleep. So this is just another thing that people need to be aware of. If you are struggling with sleep or having problems sleeping, take a look around your room. Is it cluttered with clothes on the floor and stacks of books and other things on the corner of your nightstand or or what have you? And give yourself permission to recognize that this might be affecting your sleep and start maybe just with the nightstand. Declutter your nightstand one night and then maybe the next night your dresser top and what stops us is that we look around the room and go I don't have time to deal with this you might know that it's affecting your sleep but you just don't have time to do it you're too tired you just want to go to sleep if every night just before you went to bed you clear the surface or if you're feeling really inspired clear all your surfaces put it into a box and get it out of the room oh yeah and deal with it later, just so you can see if how you sleep that night. Um, I know for my daughter, the minute the clutter was gone from her room, she slept so well, so well. Before that, she had trouble falling asleep. And the minute we cleared the clutter from her room, she fell asleep like that. So it was pretty incredible the difference it made. It's going to be different for everybody. Like I said, my son didn't seem to be impacted one way or the other, but certainly for some, it might. But if you're so used to living in it, you might not give that a second thought. Sometimes we just have to try it to see. Or even if you're in your living room and at night, you want to just relax. But there's things piled on your couch and you're kind of just moving, shoving it over so you can find a spot to sit. Just try removing it. And because one day I did that in my living room, I just kind of took everything out. And I was like, wow, this feels good. And I wouldn't have thought my room felt bad before I took it all out, right? Like I thought, oh, it's, you know, I... I had it nicely decorated, but once I had taken it out, I realized I could sort of feel myself just relax more without all the visual clutter around me. And that was pretty empowering. So much less came back in. And I know that sounds like a lot of work too, just to remove everything, but just boxing it up, sticking it away, and then just sit in your space for a minute and just see. And if you can relax into it and you're, you just feel this weight lifted off you, that right there will motivate you for yes. sure because you will want to continue to experience that and it's like 
okay, maybe this stuff is impacting me more than I realize. Once you've experienced how you feel with less, then that might make it easier to declutter the piles as well, right? Because then you realize, okay, how I'm feeling with less stuff is more important than my attachment to the stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes I think you don't realize that subconsciously, like that psychological impact of all that, the things in your space. Right. Here on ADB Podcast, we had an episode where we titled it our launch lingo. And what that was is it was really like, what is the thing that you say to yourself in that moment when, let's say, maybe you've spent that half an hour kind of checking your email in bed and, and then you know, okay, I got to go, I got to get up, or or maybe you have that, <laughs> it was that project you're kind of feeling a little daunted by. Is there anything in particular you say to yourself to kind of rev yourself up? Oh, that's a good one. For me, I... I tend to be on the lazier side. I know that comes, uh, always comes as a shock to people. So for me, it's actually to get myself moving because I think what happens to me is I get so overwhelmed with all there is to do that I do nothing. I don't know if you guys can Mm. relate to that. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Right? So for me, it's the one thing that I always have to remind myself is, okay, Laura, slow and steady wins the race. (laughs) To me, that means, okay, just do the next thing. Yes. Instead of worrying like about all that there is to do, because as soon as I have a to-do list a mile long, or that actually helps to have a list because that does help alleviate, like a physical list helps alleviate chaos. But if I just have a mental list of all the things I want to do and I'm feeling like scattered and I'll just go on YouTube and watch YouTube videos. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to finish it all right now, but at least do something. (laughs) I love it. That's actually kind of similar to yours, Autumn. Yeah. Do you want to share yours? I can do anything for 10 minutes, which means I just have to work for 10 minutes and then I can sit down on the couch again, which usually I continue working, but it's nice to have that out. See how that happens, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once I'm usually into the process of doing something, then I'm golden. It's just starting. So, okay, just start, Laura, just start, right? Because I know eventually (laughs) I'll get into it. But yeah, it's funny how we sort of have to trick our minds. And sometimes if I'm, if it's a really particularly bad day, I will use YouTube videos or something of the such as my reward and yeah. I'll say what you say, Autumn, and I'll say, okay, for if I do this for 15 minutes, then I can watch one YouTube video. And so <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I have to trick my mind that way and play these games. But hey, whatever works, right? Like to get something done. <laughs> that also works for exercise, by the way, because I hate to exercise. So for a while, when I was trying to get exercise as part of my daily ritual, I used YouTube videos. Now it's going to sound like I watch them all the time, but I used YouTube videos. <laughs> I could watch my YouTube videos, but only when I was exercising. So ah. that that motivated me to to actually get on the treadmill. Do you know what I mean? So oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. totally. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have a dishwasher, which many people don't have dishwashers. Right. If I don't stay on top of it, my dishes will just like, oh, I'll do that one later. Oh, I'll do that, you know. Yeah. So I have certain podcasts. I can only listen while I'm doing the dishes. Or I have my Perfect. my accountability buddy and I'll call Autumn and I'll say, Autumn, will you talk to me while I'm doing the dishes? <laughs> <laughs> I know sometimes you got to have those little tricks or those little. <laughs> you do. You do. And I'm no different than anybody else, right? I can almost guarantee you if I didn't do my kitchen before I started in my day, like my tidy in the morning that I was talking about, 
then it's almost pretty certain that it won't get done at all for the rest of the day. And so just reminding myself that in the morning forces me to do it. But what ironically happens is that after you do something for the same thing for a a length of time, then it becomes a habit and you don't even think about it anymore, which is really what saves me many times is that it's just becomes habitual and then I don't have to think about it. And then I don't require as much motivation to do it. And you you kind of get on automatic mode, (laughs) which helps too. It has just been such a joy to hear your perspective. And I feel like you're almost giving all of us permission to just take a breath, like one step at a time. You're like our own little coach. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. And yes, I always say I'm not in the business of organizing. I'm in the business of motivation because I think sometimes that's all we really need, right? Like I, it's just that that friend to come along beside you and just like you say with the, with an, like an accountability partner just to kind of give you that push that, you know, in a long day, you just, oh, you know, you have to do something. And it's just, you know, if I can be that for somebody else, I'm glad I can be because you know, it's, it's hard. It's just hard sometimes being a mom and whether you work inside, outside the home, it's just sometimes days are just tough. And, you know, I also want to say, just don't beat yourself up about it either. Because I think as moms, especially we beat ourselves up so much about what we're not doing. And some days, if you get the dishes done, that's just a good day, right? Like, that's just a good day. You've definitely been always a great resource, but it's been such a treat to talk with you today. So thank you so much for taking the time. If you want to check out more of Laura's tips, you can visit her website at orgjunkie.com. You are on social media, but is there one you want to point people to? Probably Facebook and Instagram are the ones I'm on more often. And on Instagram, I share my weekly purge piles, which I've heard from many people is motivating to them. So I empty my donation station once a week and then I per- I post my pictures. That kind of helps other people do the same, I- I've heard. so. And it's Org Junkie on Instagram and Organizing Junkie on Facebook and we will put links to that in our show notes. Perfect. We have had such amazing morning talking to you. I feel like I've gotten a little boost. I'm like, okay, here I go. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of A to B podcast and for listening along on our very first interview. Be sure to go to our show notes page, a2bpodcast.com, to find all the links to Laura's website, I'm an Organizing Junkie. If you have subscribed and left a review, thank you in advance. And if not, please take a moment to let us know what you think of the show. Leave us a review on iTunes. We haven't forgotten about our monthly challenge or nothing new challenge. We're going to check in next time. I may have forgotten about our challenge. To leave you on a cliffhanger, we've had some trouble. <laughs> we've had some trouble with this particular challenge. Or nothing new. Bring in nothing new for August. Oh dear. Man, I really didn't think I shot that much. But I sure do. <laughs> it doesn't count if somebody else gives you something and you bring it into your house because it's technically new. We'll, we'll touch on that next episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye. You don't hear the pops on him? No. I mean, I okay. wasn't listening too much, but I mean, I was listening to the words, but not to the, to the quality. You're like, I wasn't really listening, so. <laughs> I know, that's not <laughs> what I meant. <laughs>